Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Everything Homes special segment. Stories needing sharing. Messages that matter from people you need to know about. Heroes, do-gooders, and purpose-driven patriots. Offering tips, solutions, inspiration, and entertainment. They truly are good people, doing good business and good things. Here's your host, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content. Enjoy the show. Good morning and a good afternoon. Welcome to Jesus Rocks Live. This is the eighth segment of this show, which I'm still surprised we're actually doing it because somebody back there was hesitant, but it took a year uh, and now we're two months in. So congratulations to Jesus and God for making her do it. So thank you. Thank you, God, for that. So today's going to be an interesting show. I don't know what's chirping. Is it you? Is it me? Something's chirping. My phone, maybe. Um, today's going to be an interesting show. And I'm going to tell you a few things real quick. It's 10 one. I'm going to get kicked off five minutes. I went over last time, um, but I do have to, I have to do my Dr. Simone Gold things. They started yesterday. We're going to actually launch the campaign to bring it to the attention of everyone. Uh, and I want everyone, if you have a show or if you're just a good American, uh, first post you should start your day with. You can do a prayer post. You can do a faith post. I'll, because that's this show. That's, that's, out, that's out allowed because, you know, the, the, the plan is that you've got to do pray, plan, take action, right? So you're, pr- you're going to pray first. You can do a pray post. That's cool. Social media post, right? Not what you have for lunch. Don't care about that. And then your plan is, uh, and then your take action are kind of the same. So you're going to say how many days it's been since Dr. Simone Gold has been in prison, federal prison, for giving a medical freedom speech uh, and doing absolutely nothing wrong. Because uh, between her and Tina Peters, who has become a good friend, she was on episode 360 on our TV show. Uh, she is the star of the movie Selection Coach. We have our event tonight. So anyone's watching live, come down to Tempe, watch the movie, do a patriotic, it's going to be a patriotic ga- grassroots gathering. Tina Peters and Matt and Joy Thayer are going to call in live. They're going to Zoom in live to do uh, the live Q&A about the movie Selection Code, which I highly encourage everyone to watch. If you can't come to see us, it's only $25 for a ticket. Go to selectioncodeaz.com, collection, selectioncodeaz.com. Oh, it's 10.02. See, I just talk so fast. I cram it all in there. And at least Lucy doesn't kick me off. She's going to get one of those canes, like those hooks, like they have in the cartoons. Uh, I told her she can get one. I said, well, we, since we have such a big budget, then we, we're, uh, we, we pretend. We pretend now. So anyway, come down and visit us. And if you haven't seen the movie, you need to. Um, and and the, the, I'll only go back to the, the, uh, the, the, the gold deal. So uh, she's been in prison for 36 days. 36 days. So as we were, I was telling this to my Tuesday Patriot Leaders Group that meets uh, people all over the country. Tina came on and talked about last night. So it was interesting because I played the video that I'm going to that I'm gonna promote for everyone to share. So I want you to play the video and I encourage you to write her letters because she's literally in like solitary confinement. And it's, it is a nasty prison. It is not like any prisons are good, but some are. Some are like the white collar, like country club ones. This is not that. So for somebody who has no record, no, no misdemeanors whatsoever, and she's also a doctor and an attorney and the founder of America's Frontline Doctors, because she spoke out against the narrative, which Lucy is going to be talking about that today, 
she spoke out against the narrative. She spoke out against the regime. She spoke out against the propaganda of the political propaganda pandemic, you know, the fake COVID and then some. So she's in prison for 60 days, non-minimum security. She's not doing that well. Uh, and who would, right? Who would? Because they keep moving her around and then they put her in quarantine and it's, it's a horrible, horrible experience. So I encourage you to pray for her every day and sure that's the post that you should share instead of all the other nonsense junk because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen to you. It might be censorship. They might physically just come to your house because uh, that's the world we live in now, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, you don't believe me, just turn on the news. 87,000 IRS agents are not coming to audit your books because they don't mm -hmm. care about that. They have all the money that they need and they take yours anyway, called inflation amongst other things. Um, so they're, they're coming, they're there for other reasons. Okay. They're there to take measures to the next step. But here's the thing, the thing that, that I realized the other day is when I was promoting the movie and doing the press release and it's 10 I have another minute. Um, what I realized is that, uh, when we were talking about the election system, the election system, and this is what you need to watch the movie for, because the light bulb will go on. The election system was fundamentally designed to control the outcomes. So then I was like, oh my God, it's so much bigger, right? So I went like, and this is what Lucy does in these shows. So and this is why it, it, it all relates, right? Because it all relates because it's all the overall. Then I realized, oh my God, it's the overall system because Lucy is talking about that in these shows when she's connecting current events with the truth of God. And I've been listening to all the past shows because, you know, I listen like a couple times a day to multiple shows. And every time I listen to and watch them, something else like ding. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't catch that before. One of the ones I've listened 12 times and I pick up something each time I know it's not, it's, it's, I'm not obsessed, but I, you know, I have, I'm learning. Right. So it's amazing. Like I even got one of these, like, oh my God. Yeah. I like talk about a convert. Right. So, and my hat, Jesus is my uh, savior. Trump's was my president. All right. So I'm wrapping it up. So anyway, my point is this, what real, what, what got me the other day and the part of where this segment is going to go today, which today's segment is fear God, free your mind, and that's Lucy said that. And I wasn't allowed to add anything else, but you know, I snuck it in there. So what I added is they control the narrative and you learn how it happened because you need to know where, how it happened and how we got to this point to win the spiritual battle between good and evil. So that's when the light bulb went on for me. And I'm going to tell you a real quick story because I know you'll appreciate it. Lucy, what's that picture of the thing, the name of the thing that you sent me the other day, that goat with the boobs and the thing? What's oh, that called? Uh, the Baphomet. Okay. So she says something about Baphomet. And I go, what? I, I, she goes, Baphomet. Thought she was making fun of something. I go, I don't know what that is. Okay, and I, I say that she's been very patient with me this whole time in my learning curve of knowing nothing, right? Because I'm a kindergarten, I ask kindergarten questions. This was the first time that she had gotten frustrated. <laughs> and, she, and I started laughing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the picture, but I didn't know his name, right? How am I supposed to know all this stuff? So she, I said, what? And she, and she, whatever it is, but say that, say it again. What's the name? Buff, Buffament. So I go, what is Buffament? She goes, ugh. And I hit the phone. And I was like, I go, come on. I'm not supposed to know all this stuff. So yes, Lucy finally had her breaking point with me where I was like, I think I just got kicked out of the kindergarten club and I got demoted. So, uh, so, so yes, even, even people like her do get frustrated with people like me, but they come right back around. And she said, no, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's, you don't know. I said, I didn't know I had boobs and all this other <laughs> stuff and it's got horns. And I'm like, I didn't know I had a name, but my point is it was a goat. And then she said the goat, oh, like, that's why they call people goat. And I thought, man, I greatest of all time. She goes, no, it's goat from this. I go, you mean it's this, all this started back then. So that's the thing is when you go back and you look at the big picture, the 50,000 foot view or whatever, everything has been switched. 
And it is all a demonic, satanic foundation for every category of everything that you see, touch, and, and, and have in your life, whether you realize it or not. And I went like, oh my God, it's everything. So the election system's just one. Schools are another. You drop your kids off. What are you drop? You're dropping off your kids. You're sacrificing your children. You're uh, giving the offering. I offer you. Here's my child. Indoctrinate him for eight hours. See what I mean? I learned all this because of Lucy. So anyway, go to the past episodes, JesusRocksLive.com, JesusRocksLive.com. Enjoy the show. I'm way over, but I just, I'm telling you, this is what happens. And it took me eight weeks, but I figured it out. Except she already knew. She's just waiting for me to catch up. All right. Lucy DeGrazia. Jesus Rocks Live, episode eight. Fear God, free your mind. Take it away. Thanks, Michelle. You want to bring that microphone closer? Uh, I always forget. Thanks. <laughs> is that good? I guess so. If you can hear me, it's good. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you're able to stand and sing, stand and sing. If not, just sit and worship as I sing. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at his table. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger table. Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will restore at the table of the Lord. Amen. There is peace at the table so so thankful for you my god that you love us just the way we are that you promise to change us father god that you forgive us father and when we deserve your mercy that you when we deserve your wrath that you give us your mercy my father god it's overwhelming your unexplainable peace we're so grateful for you my god we thank you for this day we ask for 
that you remove me and that you speak mightily through me to those who need to hear. Eyes to see, ears to hear, soften hearts, oh Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so yeah, a lot to, lot to cover today. We got to take the gloves off now um, because you're seeing... Uh, if you're seeing what I'm seeing, you're seeing things are things are ramping up. And last week we talked about the fear of God, and we're going to continue that on, but we're going to we're going to go deeper um, because you know our churches teach us one aspect of God: the love, 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 love. They don't really dig into the Old Testament, so we don't really know um, the seriousness, the wrath of God. Um, we only know one side. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, go back into Jeremiah. We're gonna. We're going to hang out in Jeremiah. So if you haven't read through Jeremiah, Jeremiah was one of the prophets of the bullfrog, right? <laughs> one of my favorite songs. But uh, yeah, he's not a bullfrog. He's a prophet. <laughs> and um, he uh, he's he's really one to follow because for me, Jeremiah is like, you know, he, he's got such a heart for, for God's people. And he's really... He, he loves God and he loves God's people and he's, he's trying so hard and it's, it's decades that he's trying to speak God's truth and the, the messages that God is giving to him and the people just don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen. And to the point where they do everything to try to kill him, they throw him in a well to die. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable only because he's speaking truths that they don't want to hear. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter two, chapter two, starting in verse 26. Um, Basically, God is telling us that we're kind of like, um, we're, we're, we act like spoiled babies. You know, we want to do what we want to do. And then when everything goes bad, we, we cry to God to bail us out. And so that's what Jeremiah is telling us in chapter 22, 26. Israel is like a thief who feels shame only when he gets caught. They, their kings, officials, priests, prophets, all are like this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled from a block of stone, they say, you are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out to me, come and save us. Okay, so don't we do that? Aren't we doing that constantly? Okay, we've lived our lives all these decades asleep, literally asleep. And we should be so thankful that God is waking us up because we're, we were literally on a, on a zombie train straight to hell. And, and God's waking us up. So be thankful. Be thankful what we're going through right now because God loves us. Another thing we do, turn to Jeremiah chapter three, is we try to manipulate God. And I see this all the time. And Jeremiah shows us right here. Chapter three, starting at verse two. For you are a brazen prostitute and completely shameless. Yet you say to me, Father, you have been my guide since youth. Surely you won't be angry forever. Surely you can forget about it. So you keep talk, so you talk, but you keep undoing all the evil that you can. So isn't that us? Isn't that the story of repentance? Repentance is stop and turn around. Okay. Repentance is you don't just go, oh, sorry, not sorry. And you just keep doing what you're doing. That's not repentance. That's what God's talking about here in Jeremiah. Repentance is a 180. What do you do when it's a 180 degree? When you're driving and you're lost, you're going to you're going to pull over and you're going to turn around and you're going to go back the way you came because you realize that the path that you're on is the wrong road. That's repentance. It's stop what you're doing and turn away from that. Okay? Perfect example for me, parents, you're still sacrificing your kids. Public school, 
Stop what you're doing and turn around, find another way. It, 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 it demands a sacrifice. Nothing worth anything is free. You know that there's no free lunch, right? We've heard that our whole lives. So why do you think that you're going to get a, a free education in the public school system? You're not. You're literally sacrificing your child to a demonic indoctrination system. Okay. Um, and then uh, turn to Jeremiah chapter four, verse three. God wants us to change our hearts. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your seed among your good seed among thorns. O people of Jeru Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord, or my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. So all this time, Jeremiah is warning the people. He's giving, these are words from God, not Jeremiah. They're God's words. And Jeremiah is saying, the Lord's going to get really angry with you guys. Guys, look at what he's saying. Change your hearts. Change the way you're thinking. Repent. Turn back. Right? And then we get to Jeremiah 11. So turn to Jeremiah chapter 11. Okay? We're going to start here in the, around, in the middle of verse 7. For I, we'll start right at verse 7. For I solemnly warned your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt. Obey me. I have repeated this warning over and over to this day. But your ancestors did not listen or even pay attention. Instead, they stubbornly follow their own evil desires. And because they refused to obey, I brought upon them all the curses described in this covenant. Again, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have discovered a conspiracy against me among the people of Judah and Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their forefathers. They have refused to listen to me and are worshiping other gods. Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring calamity upon them and they will not escape. Though they beg for mercy, I will not listen to their cries. Then the people of Judah and Jerusalem will pray to their idols and burn incense before them. But the idols will not save them when disaster strikes. Look now, people of Jeru Judah, you have as many gods as you have towns. You have as many altars of shame, altars for burning incense to your God, Baal, as there are streets in Jerusalem. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them, for I will not listen to them when they cry out to me in distress. What right do my beloved people have to come to my temple when they have done so many immoral things? Remember, the Bible's a living book. We're there now. We're there. We've lived our lives. I see the idols of the sports gods on everybody's license plates. I live in Arizona. I cannot tell you how many license plates I see. You know those custom license plates? 
They have the double fork because of the devil university out here. So they've got the pitch fork on the license plate and then it'll say devil dad, D-V-L-D-A-D, devil mom, uh, devil fam, <laughs> right? It's incredible. It's incredible. It absolutely blows my mind because you think it's harmless. That's the world system. You think it's harmless. You think, oh, it's just fun. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it does. It means something to God. If it means something to God, it should mean something to you. Let's go to Luke, all the way to the New Testament, Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 25. And I know everybody thinks they're going to heaven. Nobody thinks they're going to hell. I have never spoken to anybody who goes, yeah. I think I might be, I think I might be like on the, on the fast track to hell. No, they're like, no, I'm a, I'm a good person. Yeah, no, I'm a good guy. You know, I never hurt anybody. I don't do anything wrong. Okay. Well, did you ever take a pen from work that wasn't yours? That's stealing. Sin is sin. You don't do anything wrong. Really? Okay. So Luke, Chapter 13, let's see what Jesus says about everybody getting into heaven. Because that's the modern church. They want us to believe. God loves us all. We're all going to heaven. Nothing you have to do. Nothing you have to do. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Huh. That's the answer. All right. So Luke chapter 13, uh, we're going to start here uh, at 23. Someone asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few be saved? And Jesus replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it'll be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you where you come from. And then you'll say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God but you will be thrown out. Does that sound like everybody's going? <laughs> Does that sound like we have to do nothing? Pray this little prayer and then just go live your life. YOLO, be a goat. Ha! Leviticus 16, if you want to look that up. Be a goat. How many times are you hearing that? How many times are you walking around thinking it doesn't mean anything? Moms, how about the way you let your daughters out? Look at the look at the new fashions, the crop tops, the skinny jeans. Even the boys, their shorts are getting shorter, if you've noticed. So we do all this stuff. We do it. We think we uh we think we got it all, right? We think we're all we're all good. We 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 know Jesus. Yeah, but does Jesus know you? Does Jesus know you? There's a book. Um Idleman, I think his name is. Uh, can't think of his first name. Anyway, it's called Not a Fan. Really good book. And basically the crux of it is 
would you have your fans of your favorite sports teams, your fans of your favorite musical rock band or your artist, right? And you love them. You know everything about them. You look up the statistics of their 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 batting averages, their records, right? You know everything about them. You trade their baseball cards. You know them, right? You go to all the games. You never miss one. You know them. You know them. But does he know you? They don't know you. Jesus doesn't want fans. He wants followers. He wants to know you. He wants personal relationship. So if you have that book, read that book. It's called Not a Fan. It's pretty good. All right. So now let's get into... Uh, Let's let's tie this into what we're what we're living through because we're living through some crazy crazy stuff, right? And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things today. So the prince of the power of the air, what does that mean, right? Because for Satanists, they know exactly what that means, and it's so funny because I see God's people just just dissing Satan, like you know you know we don't have to pay attention, don't worry about it, you know we're on Team Jesus, whatever really okay because you know what satanists take it really seriously they don't do what we do oh you're talking about satan too much you must be one of those legalists yeah no i just read the bible all right so we live in the world system so remember we talked about worldview if you have a, 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 a whatever your worldview is that's where your your mind is going to be that's where your heart's going to be so we want a, a biblical worldview we believe as followers of jesus that Jesus is the only way, okay, that, that, that we are all fallen, that we need to be redeemed, and God sent Jesus to redeem us, to pay the penalty for the sin that we committed in the garden. We distanced ourselves from God. We became enemies of God, okay? So that's our worldview. Everything that the Bible says is true. We don't interpret it, and we don't, oh, what does it mean to me? Because that's not what it's about. That's your new age. We're servants of Jesus. We're servants of God. It's not, God, what you can you do for me? It's what can I do for you, Father God? And so we live in this system. So what's the system that we live in? The world system is pro-Satan. Uh, have you noticed church um, after-school Satan clubs are being welcomed now? There was a little bit of pushback over the summer when they were talking about them, but now that school started, these after-school Satan clubs are being pushed in the schools. They're pro-science. Trust the science. Trust the science. Science says, science tells us that science has become a god. Pro-evolution. Pro-evolution. Pro-Big Bang. Don't even get me started on that one, Christians. You better wake up. You better start doing your homework on this Big Bang evolution. We're spinning. And now we're getting faster. We're spinning faster as of last week. Oh, getting real dizzy. Uh, we're pro-false religion, in case you haven't noticed that. Even in the, the Protestant church, how many denominations do we have? Like 70, as many denominations as we have vaccines now. Pro-fornication. Hey, have at it. it. Makes you feel good. Do it. Pro-shacking up. You don't need to get married. Live to get tested at. Test out the cow. You got to taste the milk first, right? Uh this one I love. We're pro working late so we can spend time with people who are not our spouse and our family. Yeah, work. I got to work late. I got to work late. So less time for my, my family, less time for my spouse. We're pro-homosexual, LGBT, LGBT. We're pro-abortion. Hey, you don't want to be shackled down with a baby. 
Okay, Brighteon, it's time to go. So uh, if you want to continue this on, go over to JesusRocksLive.com. We will see you next week, Brighteon. Love you guys. We're going to keep going. All right, so those are the pros of the world system. Now let's look at the antis of the world system. The world system's anti-family, anti-marriage. You don't need to get married. Oh, my God. Oh, but if you're LGBT, we want you to get married. But if you're not, yeah, we don't need you to get married. Anti-husband and wife, no fault divorce. Hey, you're not happy? Just leave. Get, get out. Find somebody new. Anti-faithfulness in marriage. Hey, don't tell anybody. We're going to go to that gentleman's club after work. Don't tell my my wife. It's not really cheating. Just looking. Anti-childbearing. Hey, you got to watch your carbon footprint. You don't want to have a big family. You're just going to drain my planet. Have you bought into any of that kind of stuff in your life? We need to consider, we don't want to have a lot of kids because, you know, really, doesn't God provide? Didn't God say be fruitful and multiply? So who are we listening to? We're embedded and in love with the world systems and we follow. We don't even think about it. We just follow it. So I want to talk about how we got into it because it didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> we didn't just like wake up one day and say, hey, you know, we love the paganism. Um, we were pretty tight for a while. You know, God, if you read the Bible, it's, you know, basically... God's people, God moves us into a land that was filled with pagans, right? Um, he says, don't imitate them because you're going to like be absorbed into them because the bad will bring the good down before the good can bring the bad up. And I need you to really stay strong and obedient and follow me and don't take your eyes off me. But every time we do, because we see the glitz and the glimmer and the flash and we go, oh, I like that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, yeah, I want that. It's vanity. It's all it is. And Satan knows it and he appeals to us. So... Um, I want to talk about how this whole breakdown of the family happened and the feminist movement happened. And we're not going to get, we'll get deep into feminism eventually. But right now, I just want to talk about the breakdown of the family. Um, it's a little government agency. You know, we talk a lot about these three, these alphabet agencies that our government has um, made up. And one of them, the most powerful is that little one called the CIA. And uh, if you know the history of the CIA, uh, I mean, it really came about with good old Prescott Bush, because he was a Nazi, you know, and he kind of started it because he loved the whole Nazi pagan stuff. And uh, Nazis were real big into mind control because they're Satanists, right? Um, and it's all about your mind, right? That's why God says, fix your mind on things that are good. Fix your mind on me, right? Keep your mind, right? Don't look at things you're not supposed to look at. Don't listen to things you're not supposed to listen to because it gets into your mind and then Satan works that and makes you lustful for it. And so he tells us, don't, don't do it. So officially, and I'm skipping ahead all this history, but officially the CIA was formally created in 1947, although it was, it was happening before then with different, like the OSS and different things. But the, the, the official CIA, along with the NSA being signed into law, became in 1947 with our wonderful Freemason President Harry Truman. Uh, the, the reason for it was we wanted to establish counter- uh, Soviet threat, Pearl Harbor, we wanted to learn everything. Um, but basically it was, we kind of have this love affair with like Nazi pagan mind control techniques and what they do over there. And we want to learn everything about it. And uh, so they just literally wanted to know all about the PSYOP and the propaganda that, that they use and how can we tap into it. And so the CIA, huh, it became... Um, the most lawless government appendage, given the most freedom, bound the least by law, 
Um, all of the leadership positions in the CIA are by political appointment. So I don't have to tell you where that goes. Um, and they're completely government funded now. And just like Big Pharma and NASA, not a space agency, they don't have to account for their spending. It's all secret. They just get boatloads of money, our money, taxpayer, and it goes to these agencies and they can do whatever ever they want with it. And they don't have to account for it one dime or tell us. So the CIA funds and controls Hollywood, Hollywood, we know that, right? Let's just go down the list of some of the agencies, some of the the um, the things that the CIA funds and controls because money talks, right? PBS, CIA control. The Carnegie Corporation, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Ford Foundation, the Tavistock Institute, Democracy Now!, NPR News. You're unbiased. You're unbiased news. Oh, I listen to... I'm intellectual. I'm educated. I listen to NPR because they just give us the truth. No, they're CIA. The Pilgrim Society, Chatham House, the Rand Corporation, the Aspen Institute, the good old Bilderberg Institute. These are all CIA entities. Okay. So let's look what the CIA gave us because this is really kind of cool. So in the 1950s, um, the CIA has now established their goals. All right, so they're formally created in 1947. They're studying propaganda and psyops. That by the 1950s, their goals are, are cemented in. This is the purpose. This is the reason for the CIA. They're not going to tell you this, of course, but it's for mind control, social engineering, spiritual possession, because remember, these guys are Satanists, and cultural creation, okay? So basically, the CIA sells us our identity. And they do it through the television. They were doing it through the radio. And they discovered very quickly with radio that they could control people. They could set out a narrative and actually control the way people think and shape the movement of the culture and society. And so when they got to the television invention, woo, now they can create all these little subcultures, and that's exactly what they did. So they used fashion, music. They invented teen magazines. The CIA created the teenager, literally. It's amazing. So they gave us, remember, they control the Ford Foundation, and so they, they used the automobile and blue jeans, and they gave us the teenager of the 1950s with the music and the teen magazines that were starting to come out. And so they gave us the teenager. Before then, it was just a family unit. There was none of this. And then they took it further and they gave us the rebellious teen. By like 1953, we had uh, uh, James Dean, right? So now he's in the, the t-shirt the blue jeans, driving the fast car, rebel without a cause. He's a rebellious team with his cigarettes, okay? Bucking the system, bucking the parents, creating the culture to divide the family, creating the future counterculture. Remember I told you they have a long game. They've been doing this, well, since the garden. And they just keep revamping it. 
to the times that we're in. So 1953, here's where it gets kind of fun. We get a guy named Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey is still haunting us to this day because it's in our, his, his teachings is in our public schools today. It's his, uh, the Kinsey Institute for Research and Gender and Sex and Reproduction. Basically, Alfred Kinsey was a bisexual pervert who liked to, who liked to have sex with multiple people, orgies, literal orgies, film them and say he was doing research. Okay. He literally started it. So he wrote a book. He wrote a couple books. One in 1948 about um, the male uh, reproductive uh, sexual behavior in the human male. And in that book, he talks about how men are really homosexual, bisexual. They really don't care. But in 1953, he comes out with a book, um, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. And in this book, he suggests, yeah, you know, I've interviewed all these women. I've had sex with all these women. I've done all these experiments and all this perverted stuff. And, uh, you know, women really like to be dominated. Women really don't want to be equal with their husbands. They, they want to be sex slaves. They want to be dominated by their, by their men. They want to live in this patriarchal weirdness. They like it. So let's, let's, you know, let's give them what they want. So he comes out with this book and uh, the CIA jumps all over it. Well, I think the CIA already had control over him anyway, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he was just a pervert. He wrote a book, right? A biologist, a, a, a university professor. And so in 1953, um, Hugh Hefner, who was actually a psychologist for the CIA, um, they used him to create a dominant male persona. Hey, if the women want to be dominated, according to Kinsey, well, let's make it happen, right? Create the problem, have the solution. So they used Hugh Hefner. He created the dominant male persona, Playboy. Perfect storm, perfect storm, perfect storm. We got the color TV in 1953. See how things happen, like all, like this is how they do it. Color TV. So now, woo, Technicolor. We can see the rainbow. We see all the colors. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I want to see this, right? So we're in front of it. Whoa, Swanson comes out with a TV dinner. Hey, get out of the kitchen. You guys don't need to sit around the table. Why I sang that song. We don't need to sit around the table. What happens at the table? What happens when we gather around the table? We commune together. We talk together. We reason together. We worship together. Now, get away from the table, guys. Get your family away from the table. Stay in front of the box. Let us teach you. Let us entertain you. And that's what we did. It paved the way for all of the stuff in the 60s, okay? So by the time we get to the 60s, who's bought into it? The women. First and foremost, the women. They bought into the lie. Hey, you don't need to be barefoot and pregnant and subservient to your husband. Hey, kids, you don't need to listen to your parents. Your parents don't know everything. Your parents are ancient. Your parents are a stone age. Your parents, remember the 50s, your parents are square. You don't want to be square. Right? 
It was all created. What's the world system? Anti-family, anti-marriage, anti-husband and wife, anti-faithfulness in marriage. We get no-fault divorce. Now we got the women burning their bras. So in the lie of we're going to liberate you women, women were already liberated. Jesus is the original feminist. Look at the women of the Bible. Before Jesus, yeah, women were oppressed. Jesus is the original feminist. So you want to feel your feminine strength? No, Jesus. But the world system says, no, 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 no. We don't want you to know that strength. We want you to know the world's feminine strength. And we bought into it, ladies. Hook, line, and sinker. We burned our bras. We start giving it away. Free love. Free love. Think about that. Love is love. Pregnancy? I don't have to have that baby. All right. So turn with me to Jeremiah. Let's talk about women. Because I, I, I'm sorry, women, but it, it's us. Okay. We're the, we're the most vulnerable. We're the ease, ease, most easily swayed. And I see what we do with our, with our children, especially our daughters. I see, ladies, the way you allow your young daughters to dress because you want them to feel good about themselves in the world. So you let them go out half naked. You let them go out at 13-year-olds with big push-up bras. You let them go out all full of makeup. I've actually known women who call themselves Christians who've gotten their 17-year-olds boob jobs so they won't have body dysphoria. Are you kidding? Who created your body? And why do you hate it so much? Maybe because you got some demons in there. Maybe because you're not really worshiping Jesus. You're worshiping the world. And the world system tells you you're not good enough. And we listen. All right. So in Jeremiah, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 44, starting at verse 15. Then all the women present and all the men who knew that their wives had burned incense to idols. Remember, the men just kind of sit back and let it happen. Look at Adam. Okay. And then blame their wives. A great crowd of all the Judeans living in northern Egypt and southern Egypt answered Jeremiah. We will not listen to your messages from the Lord. We will do whatever we want. We will burn our incense and pour out liquid offerings to the queen of heaven, to the queen of heaven just as much as we like just as we and our ancestors and our kings and officials have always done in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For in those days, we had plenty to eat and we were well off and had no troubles. But ever since we quit burning incense to the queen of heaven and stopped worshiping her with liquid offerings, we've been in great trouble and have been dying from war and famine. 
Besides, the women added, do you suppose that we're burning incense and pouring out our liquid offerings to the queen of heaven and making cakes marked with her image without our husbands knowing about it and helping us? Of course not. Okay. So they're recruiting. The women are telling Jeremiah, yeah, tell God he knows where to go. We're not listening. Tell God we found something better. We like the queen of heaven. She takes care of us. Mother Nature, Gaia, our earth goddess. You still doing your yoga, ladies? You still doing those poses? You're worshiping the queen of heaven. You still letting your kids wear the crop tops and the short shorts? Yeah, expose a little more skin. It's okay. You're worshiping the queen of heaven. What does God say? Verse, skip down to verse 22. It was because the Lord could no longer bear all the disgusting things you were doing that he made your land an object of cursing. So the women are thinking, oh, it's, you know, they, we, we got in this trouble when we stopped worshiping our queen. No, God's punishing you because you're worshiping your queen. Wake up. Um, Ezekiel, go to Ezekiel chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 14. Ezekiel speaking, he brought me to the north gate of the Lord's temple and some women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. So Tammuz is the fertility god. Okay, they, they worship the fertility gods. Okay, so Tammuz was a fertility god who they believed died in the fall. And if you mourned for him and cried over him and wept over him, he would be reborn in the spring and come back and, and make everything grow again and make you fertile and give you life, right? The women, the women were sitting on the wall, weeping and mourning for Tammuz. Ezekiel 13, we talked about it last week, the false women prophets, okay? And now I'm going to take you a little bit deep, okay? Um, I'm going to take you to, some of you might have heard of Enoch, Okay. If you have not read Enoch yet, I suggest you get Enoch, all right? So Enoch was, was lost. Enoch is what I call a biblically endorsed uh, text. And I say it's biblically, biblically endorsed because Enoch is spoken of. Enoch was close to God. Enoch is Noah's great-grandfather. And Enoch is quoted. He's quoted in Jude. He's quoted in New Testament by the apostles. He's in the Bible. He's mentioned in the Bible. So that's why I say he's biblically endorsed. And it's okay to read Enoch because Enoch gives us a lot. Okay. And in Enoch chapter 16. So basically, if you don't know who Enoch was, Enoch was, he, he found a lot of favor in God and God literally raptured Enoch. He took Enoch up to heaven and he allowed Enoch to see everything. And he allowed Enoch to see into the distant future, which I believe is, is now. And, um, and Enoch wrote it all down and everything that Enoch wrote down was lost and it was discovered. This is, I think the third time where right? it was the Dead Sea Scrolls finally in the seventies, but it's almost to me, it's almost like, like man, Satanists are like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff in Enoch that we don't want God's people to know because <laughs> Enoch talks about the giants and the Nephilim and all of that. And, and so I, I believe that they like literally hit it and over time, God brings it out. 
and people find it and then it disappears again. And then, like I said, in the 70s, this, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we found Enoch again. Now it's in print, so you can find it. So I, I highly suggest, and in Enoch chapter 16, okay? So Enoch chapter 16, uh, he's talking about the giants and at the death of the giants that the spirits will go out and will destroy without incurring judgment, okay? And um, and so it kind of correlates to Matthew chapter 8, uh, Matthew chapter 8, um, verse 28 and 29, when he was come to the other side of the country, of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass that way. So you know that story in the Bible, right? And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, son of God? Are thou come hither to torment us before our time, right? So the demons know Jesus and they knew when Jesus was walking among us that Whoa, are you here to like cast us into the fiery pit now? Because we thought we had more time, right? Um, but Enoch goes on here. And as and now as to the watchers who have sent you to intercede for them who had been in heaven before, say to them, you were in heaven. These are the fallen angels. But all the mysteries of heaven had not been revealed to you and you knew worthless ones. And these in the hardness of your hearts you have made known to the women and through these mysteries, women and men work much evil on earth. Okay. So remember chapter Deuteronomy chapter 18, it was the, the fallen angels came to the women. Okay. They saw the beauty in the women and God's women and they got lustful and they procreated with God's women. And they created the, the, the race of the Nephilim, okay? And in, what they also did was they taught the women the ways, the mysteries that we're not supposed to know, the mysteries that God says, I don't want you doing any of this stuff because I created you human and you're fallen because you're vulnerable. So you cannot mess with this stuff. You've got to stick close to me now so I can redeem you and get you out. You've fallen. You've become a slave and I'm going to free you from your slavery, but you have to stick close to me. So don't participate, run from this stuff. But instead, the women latched onto it because it was powerful. The sorcery, the magic, the witchcraft, the fortune telling, the reading the stars. Remember, we talked about it last week. It's the women. It's the women who are the fortune tellers, who are the mediums, who palm read. It's always the tarot card readers. It's always women. Women, we need to check ourselves. Okay, we're going to start talking about women in the Bible and what real feminism is. Because what we're living through is not, is not how women are supposed to be. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence, these are false teachers, and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. We're always looking for new, new ways to do things, new diets to lose weight, new fashions to make us look prettier, 
new cosmetics to make us look younger. This is all the world system, guys. I'm not saying there's anything. How do I say this? I'm not saying don't ever do that. I'm not, I'm not a legalist, okay? I know we live in this. But we can live in this as God's people. And that's what he tells us to do. He says, I have set you apart. I have set you apart. You are to look different. You are to be different. You are holy. The word holy means literally set apart. If you're in a room, can you tell who are the Christians by looking at them? We blend, don't we? I'm not saying we have to walk around like the Amish people, but somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle, guys, can we, can we put down the yoga? Can we put down the, the devotionals that make us feel good about ourselves? Can we start to be who God called us to be? Followers of Jesus, servant hearts. Servant hearts. That's who we need to be. All right? The good news in all of this is we have our Savior. God sent him to us. Jesus. Look at my shirt. One way. One way. One way. Pick up your cross. You think you're going to get to heaven without carrying your cross? No. You're going to get to heaven because Jesus is the way there. And because God loves us so much. Look at Jeremiah. We deserve all of that. Where are those people? This is not an ancient book. It's a living book. We are those people. We're, we are those disobedient. We just want our own way. We want our own thing. And how many times am I hearing now? Hey, we just want to go back to the way things were pre-COVID. Do we really? Do we really? Taxation without representation. We're slaves once again. God doesn't want us to be slaves. God doesn't want us to be slaves so much so that he sacrificed his own son to pay the price to free us from the slavery. And we run back to it. Jesus took it on for us. He paid the full price for all of our sin, for all time, one time, full price. And all he says is, I took it all. I did it for you. When you were still my enemy, I did it for you. And all I ask is that you follow me, that you stick close to me now. That's all I ask. Can we do that? Can we set ourselves apart? Can we make some sacrifices for Jesus? Can we live the life that is worth him dying for? Let's try. Let's try. And the good news is that God loves us so much. He's long-suffering and he's patient. And he's waiting. And he's waking us up. And so anybody who's looking at this time right now and going, feeling fear or anxiety or frustration, those are demons. Get rid of them. Rebuke them. Know your Holy Spirit power and get rid of them. And say, thank you, God, 
Thank you for loving me enough to wake me up out of this sleep, out of this system that the, that the government, the world system has put us into. Get away from the TV, guys. It's mind control. Mind control is real. Mind control is real. And that TV has changed us. It broke up the family. My mother was a 50s mom. Interesting. I was born late in life. All my friends had feminist moms in the 70s. I was starting to see my friends' parents get divorced. Weird. And my friends would say, yeah, because, you know, my mom wants to be free. My mom, And I'd be like, my mom works. My parents have a business. Like, they, they call, they're like, I never, my father vacuums. My father washes, like, I don't, I don't understand what this barefoot in the kitchen patriarch, I don't, never made any sense to me because it wasn't real. You're seeing it on the TV and then Satan's using it to make you think it's real. And what have we done? Now we, now we have our little daughters walking around literal like prostitutes to look good for who? For Satanists? So the good news, guys, the good news, 1 Thessalonians 5.4. 1 Thessalonians 5.4. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. It's not the time to be lazy, guys. Urge people who are lazy in the faith. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. You see how much our God loves us? He tells us everything we have to do. All we have to do is do it. That's our free will, guys. Do you love the ways of the world? The system that's pro-Satan, anti-family, anti-kids, pro-death? Or are you going to be team Jesus pro-life, pro-family, pro-righteousness? If you call yourself team Jesus, start to stand apart. Stand apart. You'll know them by their fruit. Galatians 5 is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? You'll know them by their fruit. Let's start to worship Jesus. Let's start to put our faith where our mouth is. Let's stop being so involved in the world that we constantly default to, yeah, no, I don't really believe that. I, I, think, I think you're just exaggerating. I think you're just a legalist. Get your mind out of that gutter because that's coming from the pits of hell. And start deferring to God's truth. Yeah, well, the Bible says, so that's what I believe. So you guys have a great week. Thanks for joining me. 
keep the faith, get out there, serve. We're servants. We're holy. We're set apart. We're different. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to look a little odd. We're supposed to make people want to know more about us. I love you guys. Let's sing it out. Let's pray it out. Stay in prayer. Take action. Keep going out there. Keep praying. Talk about Jesus to ever you meet. That's our job. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. sunshiny day. Have a great week. Serve God, stay holy, and talk Jesus. Love you guys. See you later. You've been listening to Everything Homes special segment, Stories Needing Sharing, with Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content. Life laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained and we hope that you picked up some real life tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.